Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. We are back for our weekly Monday live show talking DC United, Loudoun United, Washington Spirit, the U.S. men's and women's national teams, all soccer, all the time. John, how are you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? It was good. This is going to be a busy week for me at work, so this is a this show is like a, a respite, like a brain a brain break to the things that I want to actually talk about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I spent. Um, I feel like I, I my whole entire life gets consumed by soccer. I, I referee on weekends. That's starting back up. Um, big tournaments in Richmond. I refereed eight soccer games today. Youth level soccer games. Um, so it wasn't full forty five minute halves, but it was still. Uh, it was still intense. I'm feeling it. Um, sitting down is really nice right now. Anytime I get up to try to walk, um, I'm feeling 30. Let's just say that. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Couldn't be me, man. I can't imagine that much running. Even even if even if it was done in the in the pursuit of getting healthy and whatever, I would couldn't do it. Yeah. I would be like the one referee was like, what if we used a Segway? Do the rules of the game say I can't use a Segway or a scooter? I don't think it does. <laughs> I, th- I think there's some pretty strict, uh, some pretty strict, strict uh, rules about what you're supposed to wear and how you're supposed to dress. I'm sorry. Fine. I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry. All right, then I can't. Then I, then I remain to not a referee. I guess is the answer that we have to land on. Yeah, that's 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 probably it's probably a good thing. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel about you being if I if you sh- if I was about ready to play a game and you show up as referee, I'd be like, oh, I think I'm gonna sit this one out. Sorry, I cast feeling a little tight. Sorry, just 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 stating facts. Just stating facts. Uh, speaking of facts, uh, we got see we're, we're nailing these transitions. I think these weekly shows are doing well. Um, DCU preseason coming up. Uh, golf article uh, came out this week talking about the coach. Uh, he's been he's been hitting up a lot of articles. He just came out with one today, I think, about Brandon uh, Brandon Hines Hines Ike. Yep. Uh, but it's talking about uh, Lasada and sort of coming to the coach. Um, yeah, I, so I was tweeting about this yesterday. The, the the money quote, really, of the whole article is, this is from Lozada, it's going to be a weird and strange year for all of us. It will be practically a miracle to have results from the first game. A new coach with a new way of thinking and a new way of training, it's going to take some time. I think that's quite normal. Um, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, for, on our interview, in his first interview, in his subsequent interviews, <laughs> it has been all about lowering expectations and f- making sure that fans know that we're not going to be able to spend a lot of money this offseason, that we are not anticipating a run to MLS Cup, uh, that we, it takes some time to build. And most fans, I would say 95% of fans who are, are mm. longer-time fans, are mm. okay with waiting. Maybe not 95 Maybe all the, right. The, of the, the non-Facebook commenting variety. If you don't, if you don't you comment go. on the Facebook page, that's a high percentage. If you do, low percentage. Um, but I, I think that they're they. I think they may be doing a little much here. I think it's. I think it may be a. I think it may. They may be setting the bar on the ground so they can step over it. And I, I, I don't blame them. I guess based on the way last year went. Um, but my point was, and I did not have universal agreement on this, which is unacceptable. Twitter um, is that. You know, Chad Ashton came in after Ben Olsen was fired. Uh, obviously, same lineup for the most part. Obviously, did not have time to institute an entire new system or have a lot of training. Basically, he just unleashed some players, moved moved some players around, moved aside centrally. Some things changed. But for the most part, he took the same pieces and then started to get results. Now, was it beautiful? No. 
Um, were there challenges? Did it take a while to get a win? It did. But the team almost backed into a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They did get wins and, and from a season that didn't have very many. So uh, this team can win. It, it, it can happen. And I don't think it's a miracle to say that all of these players last year who were much worse than their, you know, the back of their soccer card would say, uh, if they came out healthy and started to play well, it's not a miracle. I think that's just, I think that's what you're hoping for. That's, that's, that was my takeaway from the, from the decision to sort of be like, um, if we can pass the ball three times without losing it, uh, we should all get trophies. Cause it's, cause this team is very bad. I, 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 I forget about what, what someone said about 2013, um, with DC United and you know, that, that awful, awful year. Um, there was a lot of comments and I think someone had, I think they, and I think this was at 2014. They said, look, 2013 DC United maybe should not have been as bad as they were. 2014 DC United should not have necessarily been as good as they were that year. Uh, I think you could say this 2020 team with the talent. I mean, you, we, you have legitimate talent in this team. Um, you have players that other teams, if DC called them up and said, Hey, I want you to, you know, I, we, we want to make a move for this player. Or he says, hey, you're interested in this player. Most probably up and down the lineup, first 11 guys, uh, most teams would be like, uh, yeah, let's let's talk. What, 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 are you, what are you looking for for this player? Um, these, these aren't players that, that teams are just going to – teams are just going to throw out. So I think that's, you know, fair to say. I think they are setting the bar low. I think they're trying to measure expectations. I think they're trying to – uh, trying to exceed those expectations. Are we saying MLS Cup champs 2021? Probably not. But um, I, I think most fans now. I, I am going to be very curious when DC when DC United drops out. I'm waiting for the first Facebook comment. I am waiting for the first Facebook comment of the guy who maybe doesn't pay all that much attention to DC. Is not you know an active person. DC drops their first match preseason match like one nothing or whatever to like an MLS side, and then it's like Olsen out is like the first comment that pops up there. I know it's going to happen, and Play I'm Rudy. waiting. <laughs> I am waiting for that moment. I know it's going to happen. Um, yes. But uh, it, but I'm very curious what that crowd is going to do now because that was their like every like first preseason game they lose one nothing it's like oh Olsen out oh he's terrible I'm like did you did you watch the game is, do you know there, this game doesn't count but there's always a new, there's always a new there's always a new bad guy I think Lozada has like at least half a season before he becomes the bad guy but there's there's always a bad guy we'll see we'll see, we'll see. um it's it's going to be I think how much he takes off how the team looks. Um, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think any of the when you when you talk about. I think there is a core group of fans, people who follow this team week in and week out, who 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 know the players, the, the people we interact with most, who listen to our show. Our listeners, right? They're the ones. There, there's there is sort of an outside group. You know, maybe this is their second or third team. Maybe they're not dialed into the news as much as 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 other people are. Um, so that the people that cra- who would benefit from listening to our show. Yes, exactly. You should listen to the show. <laughs> and for those people who may be new to the team, we've got a segment we're going to start dropping to to get you ready for 2021. So we're going to we're going to preview that in a little bit, a little teaser, um, a little teaser uh, trailer. So, uh, John, you you wanted to highlight the le- the the Jason Levian interview, but you I don't know, know if you want <laughs> you want. Well, that. it's in the show notes, right? So yeah. we I, I was we were going to do another RFK react segment like we did previously. What was that? What was that for? I'm trying to remember who that was. Uh... I was uh, that was Jason Levian. We did okay. We did, yeah, we did Jason Levian. Well, it's a little bit different when the team is interviewing him versus a podcast. So there was <laughs> there were not a lot. News was not being made in this podcast or this interview. Uh, so go check it out on the YouTube page. I think it's like 12 minutes long. Um, 
there literally isn't anything I could I could bring to you from it. Uh, <laughs> the player is here is excited. He's very excited about the draft picks, mm-hmm. which is an interesting statement, I guess. As I guess there aren't a lot of players who have yet to register as actual DC United players this offseason. So Kamarni Smith is the the first name that comes out of the owner's mouth, which is interesting. Um, talked again about sort of the investment over the long term with the team. All the things we know, all the things we talked about. But check it out. It, I, I have been clamoring for more of Jason Levine in public and, and speaking. Mm-hmm. And this is this is that. So good, yeah. good on everyone. Even if it's a, even if it's maybe a far flung, you know, maybe if it's a dressing up of of a a, a of a situation that's not great, let's say, um, in the club, or at least there t- there's communication that hasn't been there, and and we've said even if you want to, even if it's complete fluff, something's better than nothing, and we've got nothing for a long time with this team, um, and from from the ownership group, so I am I am all for any type of interaction, um, any type of interact, any type of idea of what this team aspires to be. Um, give me that direction. I, I think they did it. They they did it with Hernan Lasada. I think I, I see a direction here of where we're going. Um, and I like that direction. It's the direction I think the team should take. Um, but, you know, some other larger picture stuff can help as well um, when that when that isn't there. Uh, we have some confirmed signings today. Heinz Eich, uh, I think I feel like we've always said that he's been like confirmed. I think now it's like official, official. He he's the, he's the, in a DC United kit training at Audi Field, so now it could yes. not be any more official. Uh, DC United also uh, secured the secured the final paperwork to sign Kamarni Smith, their number one or the uh, number three draft pick. I want to say, right. yeah, that number three draft pick. I know it was one of the, it was in the like top. They were number three, and number four. Um, so for for their for their draft picks this year, um, so uh, golf sort of saying he's probably going to spend a lot of time in Loudon. Um, so we will see kind of how uh, international player leaving us with leaving us with none or one spots. I don't know where the the most recent math is, uh, but he's going to take an international roster spot. I don't. I'm wondering again. This would be a great question for the allocation disorder folks, or just someone who's been more read up on MLS roster rules than I have been lately. Uh, is that if you loan him for a full season to Loudon, does that relieve you of the international spot? Or do we just have to go do the thing where we trade $200,000 to Colorado Rapids for an international roster spot as we have done a hundred times? I don't know. I, I think that, I think that does. I feel like they did that with Eric Sorga. I want to say they like signed him as a Loudon player, they stashed him, stashed him kind of in that spot. So, I, and I think that's true. I know that you can do it with injuries. We saw it with last year with, um, with Edison Flores, who we'll talk about a little later in the show. See, teasing it again. Um, we got a question from the chat and this leads into our, leads into our next, uh, talk about, uh, Annie Nahar and Rondi Wallace, um, being trialists. This is from, uh, 290 DC 99. Uh, do you guys think Nahar and Wallace will be signed? I will say my personal feeling is Nahar is a better chance of being signed uh, than Rodney Wallace. Uh, yes, Rodney Wallace did play for DC, but I think there's a, I think he gets a little bit more. Nahar gets more of the connection. It's sort of a return home. Um, we'll, we'll see how much they feature in these preseason games. I hope we I get a to- lot. Yeah, I think yeah. I think probably a lot. Yeah, and we'll see how they look and and whether one of them gets rusty. Maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe Rodney Wallace gets the gets the gets the spot and Andy Nahar doesn't. It's entirely possible. But there's room for them both. There 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 is there's depth and there's opportunities for both of them. I, I noticed that Nahar is listed as a midfielder in the. That was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was that was very interesting. So, well, 
you know, sometimes they just do that. Like sometimes <laughs> it's not actually uh, to real or anything, but uh, that, I think that was, I, I would say, I agree with you. I think Nahar is a better bet. I would say Nahar is at probably like 60 to 70%. And I'd put Red Rodney Wallace at like 30 to 50% at, at the best, at the best case. We need, we need depth on, uh, on, uh, in both of the positions they play. So we'll how, see. How much does the potential signing or re-signing or bringing back of, uh, Lucas TT Rodriguez, how much does that play a role in whether both of them get signed? I think it plays in, I, I think it, I think it means there is only one spot. If, if, if Rodriguez is here, it means it's either Nahar or Rodney Wallace. I, I don't, I don't see how you can fit both those guys in there just from a, just a full roster spot or a salary spot or a salary a, spot, a roster spot. I, I don't know. Maybe I think we're definitely going to have room on the roster roster overall. Fair, I fair. There, there are Logan Pancho is going to, is going to be a, a loud and player. Kamarni Smith's going to be mostly a loud and player. They can, they can carry, I believe up to 28. Mm-hmm. They, they never do. So that, that <laughs> part's that part probably will resolve itself. There's a question about salary. I think that, you know, who knows? It's pretty opaque, but I feel like they probably uh, Nahar and Wallace would not be super expensive at this stage in their career as they're looking to sort of try to, you know, just claw back into the league. Um, TT is a uh, let's let's go right into that. I yeah. think TT that that's a rumor that has a lot of fans excited, particularly I think fans who, well, not all fans. I was gonna say fans who came sort of in the in the Rooney area and got to see TT in his first year and kind of wondered why he left. Uh, but he is apparently I don't know if we talked about it last week. He's being pursued by the team again. Uh, however, he also had a thigh is a thigh in, no an adductor injury, which is usually a pretty long term injury, which is not promising. But I think if they're actually looking to pursue him as a as a long term signing and not a loan, who cares? That's yeah. fine. Have be injured if, if that we can we can work with that. I I would be excited to see him play. I think he would be I think he would be a real solid addition for this team when we can't spend a lot of money. You sign players that are known quantities that just for whatever reason are no longer with you. I think it's I think it's a good good move. And I think there was a lot with uh, with Lucas. I mean, Lucas Rodriguez burst onto the scene with the team with an, an excellent goal uh, in probably the last game where we saw DC United just flat out boss a team uh, in Real Salt Lake, and that was uh, two years ago. I'm pretty sure that is the uh, that is the sort of the last time. Um, I, I was excited about a team. He had that amazing goal off off the corner kick. I think we all got excited because I think it was a a uh, I think an an Argentinian uh, showdown was like oh Lucas Rodriguez is no longer with the team and this came a day after the news. Right. So everybody got all excited. They were all like oh man maybe this is the you know usually when a player gets removed from training or they get removed maybe the the signing it means the signing's in imminent but um, apparently it was an injury um, not. Clear on the details yet of how much of a long-term injury is. Hopefully, it's you know it's maybe just a. You said it's an abductor injury. I had heard it was just a small injury. I hadn't heard anything about sort of specifics of what it was. Um, but came out this morning. So I, okay, I, I I think even still, I think that that won't. I think that's not going to be a a reason why they do or don't. I think it's just a matter of does he want to come? Yeah. And can once again can can this team and is he at Estudiantes? Estudiantes, yes, same team. Is, Will finally will they finally be able to work numbers together? Will they finally be able to have a equal evaluation of the player? Um, we'll see. Now, will they do what they do with everybody? Will they do a loan for a year with an option to buy? Which is why TT left last year. I hope they don't. That is that is the that was the problem last time. So I'm hoping they can commit to an actual transfer. Even though Brendan Heinz Eich is a loan, I think other players we get might be loans. Uh, but please, just 
Just buy him. Just buy him. And, and yeah, I don't know how that how does that impact your how does that impact the player when he's on a loan? I mean, we, we remember the, sure. Assad, they were maybe trying to work out a loan deal with Assad mm-hmm. to maybe extend that loan. And Assad's like, I don't want that. I, I want to know, you know, either I'm gonna be somewhere or I'm not. I don't want to go out on loan anymore. I'm, I'm tired him. of this. I, I want a long term a long term place. Um I, you know, I'm not sure what the transfer fee would be. I'm not I'm not even sure what his contract situation is down there. The reason Assad came back to DC was because his contract had finally run out and so he was a free transfer. Um so it'll be curious. And I don't think I think I, I was curious if Lucas fell under the 22 under 22 initiative. He does not. I think he's 23, so he does not fall under that sort of young money rule. Uh but the team maybe imminently, maybe by the time that, of course, when the show goes out, it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, getting some, some, uh, some allocation money from, from FC Cincinnati for the signing of, uh, of Lujo Acosta. So uh, I believe he's five- playing a lot for Atlas. Now he's playing much more for Atlas <laughs> now than he was before this whole thing started. So clearly they're trying to pump up the pump up the value. A bit. And he had an assist last game. Yep. So um, I, I, I don't know if that's a, uh, hey, we're looking to transfer you to Cincinnati. Oh dear God, I don't want to go there. Please, I'll, <laughs> I hate I'll, Chile. I'll, I'll perform better. I'll perform better. Or that's a oh, I mean, I really need to show my stuff if, if I'm going to get a you know a good transfer and, and show everything off. So, um, speaking of players, speaking of players who uh, played here for a brief time and, and people miss this is a this is a treat for the live viewers. This is something I tweeted about that I was going to buy. This is a Bronco Boscovich uh, upper deck DC United card. Pretty excited about that. I went on a little bit of an eBay binge, but that's probably my most favorite pickup of the week. For, I've got uh, the I've got the Branko Boscovich. I got a Rapid Vienna jersey that I wear on the show occasionally. Which is, man, do you really? Yeah, yeah. I got it from the from the uh, the little soccer. I can't even think of what it's called right now. The soccer uh, gift box thing. I got that, and I was like, oh, cool, man. That's a great. That's a great one. <laughs> man, I am super jealous. I am very <laughs> super jealous about that. But let's let's keep the show moving. Yeah. I, I I can show all of my MLS cards that I bought the last week, but I won't. Um, preseason schedule is announced. Yep, that's exciting. Uh, as you see over here to the left, we've got five games scheduled. I believe we're going to Cary, North Carolina. I don't know if you guys were following the. Uh, I'm sure all of you are. The, I think it was the Instagram account for DC United today, and, and uh, Moses Nyman's story showed it too. They're basically just working out in the concourse of Audi Field. So there's like a whole bunch of Peloton bikes on the lower concourse mm-hmm. and like little weight benches, and that's just where they're doing it. It came out in Goff's article that I think the St. James is off the table for, for training here. I don't know if they're shut down or what for the COVID, but they're going to basically play and train at Audi Field and RF. They're going to go back to RFK. They're going to do stuff at RFK, I guess, when it's too cold. So I think that must be the outside fields because I'm pretty sure the inside is condemned and they can't go inside it anymore. But anyway, as you see over here, you got, uh, a, I guess it's an inter-squad game on March 20th. Uh, they're playing Loudoun United on the, I can't see the, the font too small. <laughs> if you could read it, Loudoun United's next, then Philly, New York City FC, and Red Bull to close out the uh, the schedule. I think you're going to see a lot of those trialists in those first couple games. Yeah. And they better and they better be able to to shred <laughs> to shred our own <laughs> USL team. If you're if you're Andy Nahar and Rodney Wallace, you wanna you wanna just clown some. You wanna take Robbie Dambrot and just and just cross him up. That's really what you want to have to happen. <laughs> I'm I am uh, I'm very curious uh, to see number one whether whether the, what the streaming is going to be like for these games. Are we going to be even able to watch these games? Number one. Um, that's been a, a a source of frustration for me is last season. Uh, I was like, I sat down, I was like, oh man, there's preseason games. Let me go watch some. And I pulled up and it's like, you are not in the area to watch these games. And I'm like, 
but why? Like, why would you not want to advertise your league? Now, I know there's some reasons regarding coaches don't like it when, you know, they can people can watch their games. I think it's silly. Um, who cares? Everybody's going to figure it out anyway. It doesn't take much also to get a VPN. So if I was a coach looking to to do that, but um, I'll be curious to see how much it broadcasts because I, I think that helps get you excited. It helps you see um, sort of what the team is going to get. I know in 2020, I was sort of looking forward to the team playing a more um, attacking style, going back to, to basics type thing. Um, and I learned in that preseason game, they were not going to do that that they were going to try to keep playing the same sort of slow build-up possession style game. Um, so those are the types of things you learn from that. Uh, yes, and as Daniel Hills points out, oh, God, the fisheye camera pointed right into the sun last year. Very, very good point. Those uh, those streams were not the the highest quality. And um, that is one thing I miss is, like, there were there used to be so many preseason tournaments. There was, the, of course, the Armadillo uh, down in Austin, there was the the tournament out in. Of course, there's the the most famous, I guess, preseason tournament is the one Charleston used to hold. The coffee cup. Uh, the coffee cup was. It, it, no, it was the Carolina Challenge Cup. The coffee pot cup is just between Charleston and DC. That is a good point, and yes. thank you for correcting me. That is correct. <laughs> always, always, I will always correct you on, on DC United history and lore, my friend. I will not will not fail in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I hope we see some games. I want to. I want to see what this. I want to see what Lasada is going to do. Uh, especially with the new coach, I want to see what he's thinking. You know, yes, there are going to be a lot of trials maybe in the first few games, but as we get to the game against uh, Philly and the game against New York and New York Red Bulls, maybe we see a little bit more about what he's trying to do with the team. So, speaking of what Lasada is thinking, uh, we have a we have a clip to share with you yes. that just got posted a couple minutes ago. So, check us out. The first thing, collective above individual, and what I'm talking about this is, I rather prefer to have 11 players doing something wrong than everybody doing his own thing. And that goes for everything. That's why I give you the example of lunch and breakfast. We start together, we end up together. We have a game plan, we have a session, we start together, we end up together. And we are all doing the same thing and we are all at the same page. The moment you are doing your own thing, you are doing your own thing, you're coming whatever you want, yeah, we are not a team anymore. So with small things, with small rules, we will try to all be on the same page, on the field and off the field. So yeah, I, I think Felipe hinted at a lot of that. He hinted that there are new rules. There's there's a new sheriff in town, and mm-hmm. that sheriff uh, likes you to get there early and likes you to do things his way uh, on and off the field. Uh, I you know I like that. I I really like sort of the the the, the general vibe of that uh, situation, but also sort of talking about. The importance of to get togetherness and failing together is more important than people going their own way and, and lucking into success. You'd rather have everybody doing the doing the same wrong thing than have some people doing it right and some people doing it wrong. Um, he's I'm, I'm excited for you know we talked a lot about sort of the Ben Olsen uh, not downfall but like one of the, the knocks against him is like the, his his communication style. I think it plays it maybe plays well with players. It's very player friendly. It's very like I was a former player. Like I get it. I'm not going to ride you too hard, but I want I want you to I want your I want you to try real hard on the field. Leave it all out there, and that's that's what matters. I, but he he's he's he is much more like not a disciplinarian, but he's like I have I have a philosophy on and off the field about how I think that groups of men work well together, men or women, whoever groups of people work well together. 
um, and how you find success is to everyone get on the same page and everyone pull for each other uh, in the same direction. So I, I think this is great, even though it's small and whatever, but I like it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a focus on the collective, um, which I think if, if I'm a coach heading into a team that can't afford money for big stars, you know, we talk about the, the biggest thing RSL did with under Jason Christ was the team is the star type of thing. They had that sort of philosophy and it, and it served them very well. And I think we're kind of seeing that, you know, him sort of saying, look, we know we're going to be a collective, you know, if, if, if all of us are doing every, you know, if all of us are doing the same thing wrong, then that's, I, I prefer that. I want that. Um, versus everybody doing their own thing. Um, and, and you yeah. know, I, I'd be curious, I'd be curious, don't want to speculate, but maybe, you know, he had, I'm sure he maybe was developing this strategy. Maybe that was something that came up in interviews. Um, th- this team did not look in 2020, this team did not look together. It looked very, a lot of disjointed, um, a lot of, not a lot of team players looked out of sync. Um, so I wonder if he sort of picked up on that and he's like, no, we're going to be a collective unit. Um, so Dan Butler asked who on the roster is most likely to have a hard time with the new rules. I think that's very challenging to, to answer. I also think that this has not been historically a team uh, that we knew a lot of the dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. A lot of other teams, you'd know who the troublemakers are. This team manages to kind of keep a lid on stuff or did under Ben Olsen. So I don't really have a, I would, I don't have a good, <laughs> I don't have a good educated guess on who that would be. My guess would be nobody. Yeah, I don't, I mean, last year, I mean, well, you know, 2019, I maybe would have said Lucio, Lucio Acosta. I'm not really right. sure. He was, he was very much, you know, his body language on the field. There was definitely a lot wrong. And, and I, I think you're right. I think that's, that's the thing about, you got to understand is a lot of these guys, yes, they're making good money, but they're not making the millions and millions of dollars that a lot of other sports are playing. They don't have, they're not making FU money. If even if even if somebody from the DC team went to Stephen Goff and said, "Hey, I'm unhappy about these things," I don't know if Stephen Goff prints it. I, I don't know if Stephen Goff feels like that's a, a smart move to go. Uh, maybe he gets mentioned, "Hey, there's some unhappy players at DC." Blah 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 blah. You know, here's what I'm hearing sometime down the road, but it's not like an instant story that you see. So a lot of, a lot of that does stay under wraps because these are not you know players making millions of dollars, the interest, the, the amount of reporters that, that, that sort of talk to that you get in other leagues, um, the amount of sources talking to each other. A lot of it is, is, is very much kept under wraps in major league soccer. So, um, as far as players, I think they might have a problem with it. Yeah. I, I can't really think of anybody. So, um, but, uh, Me. But, <laughs> um, now, now we, I guess we gotta, we gotta, we gotta jump into this, this unfortunate, uh, bit of news. Um, that dropped uh, last week. Apparently, a Cardiff City fan dug up some tweets uh, where uh, Paul Riola, at the age of seventeen, uh, said some uh, frankly racist racist rhetoric and uh, also uh, very sexist rhetoric. Uh, and it is, I, I guess, it's more. I think the reaction of the fan base wasn't anger. A lot of it was disappointment. I think is the best way to describe it. It's disappointing. Um, this is this is a player who has probably, I mean, Acosta leaving, Rooney leaving, sort of set himself up as as the as a fan favorite. I think amongst fans, um, his absence in 2020 was certainly felt. So this is disappointing, and it's 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 yeah. That's about the best way I can describe it. It's yeah, disappointing. I th- I, you know, I think that he's, 
from what I said from the start of this was that I hope and I assume that he has grown since then. I think that that's I think that's none of the thoughts that came out then have been in evidence and anything else that we know about him since then. So I think that's important. I think it's important that he apologized. I think the apology was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was extensive. He said the right things. Um, I think it matters what his teammates think about him as a person before this, and then sort of probably he'll probably have to address this. I would imagine when he gets back, um, he's going to do some unconscious and conscious bias training. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's impossible to know how he can make it better for everyone. I think uh, I think that he's obviously going to have to address it some more. I think he's going to have to do some more things. But to to me. To me, he does not seem to be the same guy he was, and I think it's important to give people space to grow and learn from their mistakes and let them prove that they are the person that they th- that they say they are. And I think that he'll probably want to be more outspoken as a person through maybe through the team or whatever else, so people can really see his character. Most of what everyone knows about him is on the field and the way he plays and his personality on the field. And generally that would have been fine. But I think now that this is this this is sort of a narrative that's gonna circle him. Because if you know if you know sports, like someone will bring this up in every tweet about him forever now. Like mm-hmm. it'll just be in the comments. It'll be like, you're a racist. No matter what happens from now on, like that's once that happens, it's 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 out there. You can't unring a bell. So he's gonna have to figure out a way to show the part of the parts of himself that he wants to uh, create the image that he wants to create um, with with the rest of the folks uh, for you know going forward with DC United. Yeah, and and I will say it's it's not up it's not up to to us on this podcast to forgive him. It's up to uh, POC groups like the Rosen Collective who put out a statement um, that I thought highlighted uh, some some great things that Paul and steps Paul can make uh, to show to show that he had, to show that he has grown from from those statements. Um, it's up to his his black teammates to sort of to for him to show them on the field and, and in the locker room that these comments do not represent what he is today. Um, all all those things are, are are who he really needs. He do, he doesn't need to show, you know, media members. He doesn't need to show you and I. It, it's those it's those people he needs to to show um, because there are a lot of fans I'm sure that were hurt by by what he said. Um, and he is, he's disappointed people with what, with those tweets, uh, regardless of when they were, uh, regardless of when he, the fact that they were 17. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's, that's kind of all we got to say about that. So yep. before we get you back to the show, I want to ask you to do us a favor. The problem with podcasting is we put the show out there like a message in a bottle. And from there, we have very little info about who's listening and what they think and what they want. We want to make sure that we're making a show that people want to hear and also pay for <clears throat> Patreon. So please help us out. Fill out our 2021 survey. You can find this on rfkrefugees.com or pin as the top tweet on our Twitter account. We're going to reward you for your time with a chance to win FIFA 21, football manager, RFK refugee swag. And if none of that appeals, you too can have a date with your favorite podcaster. Restrictions may apply. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. On to more, uh, to more fun topics. Maybe <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're going to talk. We're going to talk Edison. Uh, we're going to talk Edison Flores. So I think each week what we're going to do is we're going to pick a player highlight. We're not going to be able to get to all of them, but I think we're going to sort of put a spotlight on a player. And uh, I think we're going to I felt the important thing to start this to start this topic was on uh, on Edison Flores, uh, the five million dollar player, the highest transfer fee the team had ever paid to a player. Uh, 2020 was not kind to him no. in the least. And. 
I don't know. Uh, by the way, feel free to call in 202-709-84441. I'm just going to drop that number up there. It's up there. Feel free to call in if you have any uh, any comments you want to make about the show. Um, uh, Edi- anyway, Edison Flores. Uh, obviously, tough to come in, I think, as a new team uh, and during a pandemic. Things kind of got started. I-, I will say in those first two games... He didn't look very good. Yeah. I, I You saw the... This might be a project, and maybe by June, July, he's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit better. Um, there, there, of course, there were hum. There, you, you posted there were sort of whispers he may have been hurt. I had not yeah. heard that, but Arnon mentioned in our interview he was he was saying that he was hurt all mm-hmm. year. I don't know if maybe he was just exporting the facial fracture to mean all year, but it was weird and unfortunate that he had finally. Started to turn a little bit as the he got, he was he had his first upward spike right before the face face break, and then he came back and then he had a little and then as you as you mentioned here and at the, towards the end of the season he had another he had a little resurgence. Yeah, so I mean he he did play a semi significant role in 2020. I mean 13 games played in a in a shortened season, uh, 11 games started. He paid 872 minutes again shortened season. Uh, only registered three assists, no goals. Um, his best game of 20, uh, 2020 was a four, three loss, uh, to England. He had two of his three assists in that game. I think the last one actually came in the last game of the season. Um, I, I went back, actually, I'd forgotten this game. Like I'd kind of like, and I remember this actually was a pretty good game and a pretty exciting Teal Bunbury scored the fourth goal. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, and it was, um, I I think he showed, I kind of sat back. I watched the, the 15 minute little highlight reel just to kind of get a sense of, you know, I kind of just. Kept my eyes on him, focused on him, uh, what type of player he was going to be. Um, he was very active on the ball. He and he seemed to be. I I I watched from the video and I thought maybe he was playing more centrally, and then sort of drifted out left. Um, I looked at the stat sheet, the sort of opta stats, pretty much on the left. Um, he was on the left side. Uh, his two assists actually came from opposite ends of the field. Uh, one on the right side, one on the left side. The left side one was the best one, if I remember. He kind of so he stood up a ball on the back post. Is that yeah? And that was was it? Did Griffin Yao score that goal? Uh, that was actually I think it was that was Ola. No, 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 no. That was the uh, it wasn't Griffin Yao. It was he got one goal. There was Emil Assad on the first goal. Uh, just right. a, got a ball at the top of the box, played a beautiful ball over the top. Right to Emil Assad. So he showed his ability, I think, to be that sort of person. I think of that game, I would say he is. And this is the question: I think is he a number ten or is he a winger? And there was questions at the beginning of the year. You know, he's he's being paid the most. Do you push him out to the left? And I think this game, that game in particular, showed that maybe he's a winger. Um, he has the ability to sort of collect the ball, place an he plays an inch perfect ball right right to Assad's feet. I mean, it. it I went back and watched it. It dip. It it goes up and it dips almost yep. right on his feet. I mean, that that is a special skill that very very few players have. Um, his second assist was a little more of a of a hopeful cross um, that uh, Gelman Rivas kind of does a good job sort of muscling off the ball and I kind of laugh at the uh at the comments from the New England Revolution player uh sort of commentators saying that oh that that goal should be overturned it shouldn't count and I'm like it was totally fine 100% um quipping homers on on that goal but um yeah I, I think that was a solid performance and again I think it was an upward spike and it's just a shame it came sort of at the tail end of the season and you know I think his 2020 is a disappointment he gets a new coach new philosophy I, I'm not sure how much uh, Flores really fit sort of the Ben Olsen type player. So I'll be curious to see more attack minded coach. Uh, MLS soccer has also highlighted it um, as kind of being the, maybe this is the catalyst that can get him, get him going. There was a, int- I was reading a scouting report of him uh, 
prior to his arrival. I was just reread it, but it was before he got here and sort of talked about the player he was in Morelia. And he actually sounds like he fit Ben Olsen. It was a, he was a, he was a unusually two way offensive player. Mm-hmm. Like he, his defense, his, his ability to win the ball back and be physical was noted. He, he registered it, four interceptions in that in that uh, in that game against New England. So he definitely showed the defensive. He he got bullied a lot on some tackles. There was one moment I think in particular. I want to say it was I think it was Brandon by was going down the end line and basically he tries to make a play on him and and the New England player just kind of shuffles him off the like basically just arms him out of the play and that was it. But yes, he showed he showed he showed a good defensive vision on, on on a lot of plays in that game. So the other the other traits that he was complimented on was his crossing of the ball, which we saw when he was uh, healthy and and in the mood uh, that that was a that was a skill. And then taking players on and beating them off the dribble, we did not see that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would. I, you know, my concern is that the team is pretty deep on the wings. Um, that that is, if we have one, all of our skillful players are, are wing players. <laughs> For the most part, <laughs> that's sort of where we've concentrated all of our offensive talent. Um, they're going to have to figure something out there. If you put if you put him as a starter on the left, what do you do with Yamil? We've already sort of decided, uh, the coach on our interview already said that Yamil is not playing in the middle of the field. You got to find a place for Gressel when Paul Ariola comes back, which it looks like he's going to. Where are you going to put him? Uh, there's a there is a there's a backlog, and we said that at the beginning of last season too. And we would hope what we wanted was there to be a shakeout and the best players to sort of rise to the top. But everybody was bad. They just they're just <laughs> all all nobody rose anywhere. Everything sunk to the bottom of the cup. Yeah, we had so, we had the we had the thinking. Oh, this is going to be a competitive roster. There's going to be a lot of guys jostling for spots. You know, where is it going to be Gressel or Ariola out there on the right? Who's going to maybe they're going to do? I hinted the whole one of them's going to play wing back, one of them's going to play right wing, and they're going to switch each game. And that was going to yeah. be kind of the philosophy. And then Ariola went down with an injury, and then other players went down, and then suddenly it was just a it was, it was just a disaster. And then the wing player that broke out was Kevin Paredes, who was not on anyone's radar yeah. to really contribute last year. So it all goes to say that we don't know anything. And until the games start being played and we're talking about roster manipulations, like it's we're throwing darts. But the, but it is I think it is certain that if everyone plays to the to their stats, there's a selection challenge, I think, for Ernan to figure out where these wing players are going to slot. Mm-hmm. And there's more. Of, I mean, I think everybody played bad. So you saw a lot of those academy players sort of rise up. Now you got the team bringing in, you know, theoretically Titi Rodriguez, you know, Andy Nahar gets an opportunity. There's a lot of a lot more challenge for these younger players uh, to to kind of step in, and th- and this is a critical year for Edison Flores. Uh, his you would have thought his stock would be kind of on the rise, um, and I think what we're learning about MLS is that it's a league where it's boom or bust. You can really really improve your stock, or you can kill it. And he right now is, is I think I looked, his transfer market value is still kind of around the same. I think everybody's just kind of given him a mulligan for, for 2020, yeah. like most players, uh, which maybe is a smart thing to do. Uh, but this is a critical season for him. He's, he got, he got a, a, a mulligan to try to, to figure, figure out, to get settled in DC. Now he can focus on his game. So uh, I'll, I'll be excited to see what he brings to the team. I think that's first time be. dad having a, having a daughter. So yep. it's again, he's going to be, he'll be busy in that capacity. Uh, Steve Birnbaum can give him all of his old. Uh, well, I think I think he just had another kid, so maybe I was going to say there's lots of hand me downs you can get uh, for uh, from the team, but maybe not. Maybe he's still Steve's still using them. But I think you know this is you said this is a big year for him. It's a big year for the team. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be? Is he a part of the three year project for Lazada or is he not? And I think we'll find out this year where he, you know, Hernan seems like a guy who figures out what he what he 
his evaluations are not going to take all season. Mm-hmm. So let's let's find out. We're excited to see. I would like him to play well. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> that would, lots of people bought Flores jerseys last year on the, on the back of nothing. Well, <laughs> so what's up? You you would like. I I always get. I I listen to the national shows and. You know, I know a lot about these players, and, and we all talk about a lot about these players. No one's talking about anybody from D.C. And, and you know, maybe they should. But, I mean, there, there was also a little talk about sort of the younger players. I think they got kind of the most spotlight this year. Kevin Paredes, Moses Nyman, some of those guys uh, kind of got the, the brunt of the spotlight. Uh, but nobody's talking about the, the big the big signings. Gressel came out because he was talking about maybe playing for the national team. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, no, but no one's talking about anybody from D.C. And that— and, and and that has a that has a, a morale impact on me because I can listen to the all the DC podcasts and they can talk about all the players all they want. I like to hear it when the national media is talking about you. That's when good things are happening, and and that's that that that's what you wanna that's what you wanna you wanna. We're you underdogs, wanna Ted. Yes. We're why can't us? We can we can make a run. Yeah. Hey or man, just win some games. Hey hey hey, it worked it worked for Minnesota. Let's make it work for us. Yep. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to ask you to consider becoming a Patreon for the low, low price of preferably $5, but really whatever you want. You can help support the show. You can keep Ted in a supply of scarves you can see behind his head in the live show and Coke Zeros that you see me drinking. In addition to becoming a very cool person, you will get early access to every show, some exclusive content we won't release to everyone else, access to get your questions to the top of the pile on our big interviews, and discounts on future RFK Refugees merchandise. All of that very cool stuff. So consider joining us today at patreon.com slash Refugees. And if money is tight or you'd rather not commit, that is no problem. Just do us a favor and rate the podcast wherever you listen to it and tell your friends about us. Vamos. Alrighty, and we we do have some preseason games to talk about. We have preseason games talking about the uh, Washington Spirit, a 6-0 victory over Palm Beach Atlantic University. I have no clue what university that is. I found found out the reason why that's happening is uh, one of the new owners uh, is from Palm Beach. I don't know if she has an ownership stake in the university or went there or something. Um, uh, Miss Yang is 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 a Palm Beach resident, so I think that's why, I think that's, I think that's why they landed there. Uh, but <laughs> I think I was saying, like, I don't think that's their top competition that they're going to face this preseason. But six six goals is six goals. I like Ashley Hatch scoring a hatch trick, even if it's against college kids. It's still good. Yeah. I, well, I had to I had to look. I was like, I was like, is this even like a D1? I was like, no, it is a D2 school. Um, it's you a know, warm up, man. It's a it, warm up. It's a warm up. And, you know, they've played college teams in the past and they have barely beaten them or struggled against them. So. Uh, it's good to see them. You know, you, you play play who's in front of you. Um, hat a uh, hatch hat trick. Uh, Bailey Feist two goals and a uh, goal and uh, two goals by uh, Trinity Rodman, who I think is going to be uh, a player to watch this year. Check out Black um, and Red United for an interview with her. It came out today. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, they play. They play next on uh, this Saturday. Uh, playing from IMG, I believe, also not televised. So be on the lookout for, I guess, pictures. Uh, of that <laughs> the, the the twitter the twitter uh the twitter follows the so iphone the, pictures from from 40 yards away which is all that you can get but hey hey man the, the the twitter stuff is how you used to be how you used to have to follow all preseason games oh, man. i, I yeah. remember oh yeah we all, we all remember that at yeah. dcu match day would be the way <laughs> that you'd follow that yeah yeah uh so we've got some questions from from listeners that we got we want to get to um david Sheon would like to know who's going to score goals for this team i think that's a I think you know I he is he is a generally uh, I would not say down on DC United but he's 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 not a super optimist about the team based on uh, based on his Twitter uh, I would say the goals are gonna still come from the midfield I don't think that this team has solved the forward scoring 
problem that we had last year. I don't think Olukamara is suddenly going to turn back into a double-digit scorer. I'd be I'd be gladly wrong if that's the case. I think last year was a lot about confidence and a lot about service that he didn't get. And even still, in the in the middle and end of the year, it still looked like they did not know what runs he was going to run, um, which is just crazy. And but it is something that was noticeable. There was lots of remonstrating and sort of like he would make a forty-five degree angle run through center backs and look for want a through ball on the ground and it would not come. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that can change under a new system. But I think the midfield is where goals are going to come from. Yeah, I think I think to to borrow a phrase from our, our dearly departed uh, coach. Uh, ben Olson, it's going to be a goal scoring by committee. Um, and I remember Ben Olson made that quote and everybody groaned. But um, really this time, <laughs> but like, uh, but, but like actually, but yes. Um, I mean, I, 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 I have been a, 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 uh, an Ola Kamara stanner. Uh, I, I, at the beginning of the year, I was like, he's our striker. This team is designed and, and everybody, and I wasn't alone. The national media was like, oh, this is, this team's almost designed to just give the ball to, uh, to Ola Kamara and it didn't happen. Um, so I would say, you know, under a new coach, anytime you get a new coach, there's always a player that kind of emerges kind of maybe where player people didn't expect or people kind of write off. I feel like a lot of people write off Ola Kamara. If Ben was still a coach, I would have say uh, I don't think Ola, I don't think Ola would want to be here. I think a new coach, new identity, new yeah. chance for him to 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 maybe uh, find find some life. So uh, goals, best opportunity probably either Ola Kamara, Jordi Reyna. They're the players that play closest to the top. Um, it is going to be maybe a lot. Hopefully from the wing. Um, I mean, I think if if you can have either somebody step up, either Jordi Reyna or Ola Kamara step up with ten goals this year and then you get five or six from a couple of players Neil in the midfield meal gressel uh edison paul the, comes back yep and then you get a lot of other assists sort of in between that um you, you're gonna stand for a good time remember at the beginning of the year dc got goals from defensive players uh fred brilliant led this team in goal scoring uh please let's not i mean i love i love fred um i love him on the team Please let's not do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's not have that happen again. We're we're over that. Um, I think we're over that. So, more questions uh, from Asthmatic Ten on uh, on Twitch. Are there any academy players we may see this season? We are talking to Ryan Martin tomorrow, so mm-hmm. I think we'll have a bit of, a little bit better of a concept of what um, the plans are for both academy players and and players moving through Loudon United's roster. I will say that the professionalization of Loudon United's roster is increasing. Yeah, uh, they are they are signing players that are more either USL veterans or much more seemingly going places. So I think that they're they're going to have to mix. Last year it was throw the young kids on there anytime you want. It doesn't matter. We're going to lose this game. Give them opportunities to play. And I think now they're they don't want they don't want, they don't want to be at the foot of the league. That's for sure. The players they're bringing in are going to change the offensive quality of the team. So Jacob Green, a player who is not technically an academy player anymore as he's on a first-team contract, um, is, is a player that uh, that played for uh, Loudon, I think, eight or nine starts last year. The idea, I imagine, he's going to go back there. Um, uh, Jeremy Garay and Adam Lundegaard, I believe, are both committed to colleges. So they will be leaving. I think they, they can start the season, I believe, but then they leave. It's very it's USL is interesting with that sort of stuff <laughs> where there are dual committed players and they, they leave and that's okay because they're going to college. Yeah, uh, but you're getting comments from Vamos DCU on your on your kit, by the way. So fan no, or no just love, not a fan? No love for the Irish First Division Club. Um, 
You're getting good comments. Good comments. Uh, That's a correct. Bodies. I have <laughs> I have been betting on on sporting every weekend for the last four weekends, <laughs> and they have cashed three times out of four. So I will yes. keep on doing that. By mm-hmm. the way. Guys, sports betting is so cool. I gotta tell you. <laughs> I gotta tell you. I, is. I am I am I am waiting for the MLS to start. I, I I did a little bit one weekend just to learn how it works. And I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can like use my I'm like listening to all the national shows and like trying to pick teams that maybe maybe they're gonna under you know, Vegas is gonna undervalue that I can, you know, get Well you want top. you're gonna make you're gonna be making bets on MLS Cup. That's your that's your plan. That's my plan. Yeah, the the, the I will the bet. I, I, I'm going to bet on DC every year. I, I don't care, and uh, I'm going to drop a small bet because I know their their value is going to be very low. Yeah, good odds. Um, good odds. <laughs> good odds there. But um, I, I'm going to be. I feel like MLS could be a league where you know you bet small on on. There's so much parity week in and week out. More than a lot of other leagues, you can bet small on some of these games and you can win big. So and the and the and the the volume is going to be so. I, by the way, my friend has been telling me I should start a soccer betting podcast as a side project because there's nobody doing it, and I bet soccer pretty much every day and I do okay <laughs> at it. So maybe maybe it's something to think about. But I, I think MLS is going to be interesting because the volume of bets is so low uh, that I'm curious. Like if you watch EPL games and you see both live betting and the before betting, how much the odds move. By the way, Ted, I think you'll like this. I bet Fulham to beat Liverpool. Oh, that uh, was a good bet. That was good. I would have done the same thing. I bet them plus when they were plus a thousand, but unfortunately I didn't trust myself, so I bet a dollar. <laughs> so I won eleven dollars, but still, nonetheless, that, I felt my head a tingle. Anyway, that, that 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 that's a great bet with considering how Liverpool. I, I would have I would have potentially made that bet. I I I go into Liverpool games now knowing I'm like they're probably going to lose this one. It's not going to go well. Um, Pat- Patreon, get at us if you want me to do a spinoff of MLS or soccer betting podcast show. I'm sure that I could be talked into it pretty easily. Uh, Dan Butler says, what are the two or three most important factors to driving crowds into Audi field this year? This is almost an, uh, epidemi- epidemiological question, uh, and, and, uh, question about testing and vaccines. It seems like I heard today that a, uh, the nationals are going to be able to have fans from the start. Mm-hmm. So they start, uh, I believe in April 1st. And I think DC United is going to start a little bit after that. So it would stand to reason that there's going to be an opportunity to to do that as well and that they'll be able to probably open from the start it'll be it'll be severely dramatically diminished as far as how many people can be in there watch for the prices if you looked at spring training games uh where they've allowed some fans both in florida and arizona the prices are out of control yeah because of the first time you can go see live sports and they're like we got to get our money back so that that bleacher seat is 150 dollars like you're in the world series hope you like it um so (laughs) what do you you mean what do you mean john i watched live sports in 2020 well, I, well, that's right. You did. I didn't get to. I, I however, got to. So the quick aside, I was going to pick up groceries last night, and I saw that the Fredericksburg Nationals uh, field was right next to them. They, they built the stadium last year with the hope that they would start playing. Funny about that. They did not. This year, uh, I saw the lights on. It was like 8 o'clock at night, and there's high school kids playing baseball on it. And I sat and I watched an inning of high school baseball in like 35-degree weather, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was so, it was the it was one of the best things I've done in months. So live sports are going to come back. It's going to be great. Um, I think that you know I, I I will feel comfortable. I would feel much. I remember last year we were talking last year like when will you feel comfortable going? Like even if they allowed it, would you go? I'm comfortable now. Um, yeah. I, I I think I think that I think there's not been a large indication of outdoor spread anywhere. 
at any of the sporting events, there have been places that have let in way more fans than you probably think you'd feel comfortable with. Um, but there's been no, there's been no super spreader events of those things. Um, I think that these are well ventilated outdoor stadiums. I, I, it feels like, it feels like they should, it feels like they should go forward with it. Yeah. And I and know the, um, I mean, we just got details uh, from here in Richmond. We just got, finally got details on, on season tickets. Uh, they have put out, they, they, they are, they are projecting 14 games for the kickers. Um, and, and season ticket prices went up a little bit. Um, they did not do a good job, I think, communicating the, that whole situation. Uh, but, you know, the, I think fans are kind of like, okay, we got we got a, a sweetheart deal for a while now. And now the team probably is like, we need we need to start. We need money. So <laughs> <laughs> they need um, to they need to let you guys in the uh, team store. If it's like anything like DC United, they just need to let me they need to have the 2021 drop of all the new stuff. And then just say, like, John Hoffman. You get to come to the team store by yourself, like 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 a like when they did the like like pre openings for rich people and famous people, but for me, and then I would just go <laughs> buy one of everything. I think that's the way that they're going to get their money back. I think that they should DCU team store folks get at me. I have a Kevin Paredes jersey to exchange, and I can buy everything else. That's my that's my collaterals. I'll buy one of everything else. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with fans and stands. I think I think right now the way things are trending, um, the way vaccines are being distributed, cases are going down. Um, I I think we the the light is starting to develop at the end of the tunnel. I don't know if it'll be completely normal by the end of the year. Um, I think I think we're still maybe next season we can start talking about you know full twenty thousand open wide open fans. Yep. Um, for may, sure, yeah, for sure, for for sure, absolutely. Uh, but I think right now we're still. Uh, we're gonna have limited numbers, I think, and then maybe you know we'll see where we are late, late, uh, late summer. So Daniel Daniel Hill says season ticket members have been offered special times to go into the to go there. I what I want to know is, but what about podcasters, particularly ones that, <laughs> particularly ones that for the last few months in the pandemic, like it's a shocker if I'm not wearing an article of clothing that has a DC United logo on it, <laughs> be it sweatpants or shirts or jerseys or whatever else. It's uh, it's kind of my thing now. So yeah. This is a call. This is a call for help. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. I, I don't know if there's anything else we want we want to add. Uh, no, guys, I think we're I think we're excited to see a full week of camp before yep. they head off to North Carolina, and uh, the the DC United uh, social media and digital folks are doing a good job getting stuff out, giving people an insight into the new the first week. Um, make sure you're following the players. That that's how you get the best sort of idea of what the daily training looks like. They're they're it's also funny too, particularly the young players. As you watch what the team puts out, they share that stuff immediately. They love they love nice pictures of themselves. <laughs> as they, particularly when they're younger, they're like, "Oh man, that's that's a good one. I gotta I'll put that one on the story." So yeah. make sure you're following everybody. Follow us first at RFK Refugees, and we'll probably share it. But if you don't do that, follow the rest of the players. Yes, uh, follow RFK Refugees uh, Twitter.com on Twitter. We are also Patreon.com to RFK Refugees. Donate to the show. This is how we get um, a lot of the a lot of things to talk about. You also get a private RSS feed, so this show will go up tonight. Uh, so if you missed most of it and you want to listen to the rest of it, you have that private RSS feed with the show already there. And, and then, Thursday night and Thursday and Thursday when the show drops, you're going to have an interview with Coach Ryan Martin of Loud United and forward Washington Spirit forward who scored a hat trick against a very small school from West Palm Beach. Uh, Ashley Hatch will be on the show. So. Uh, that's why you should subscribe so that you can catch all these podcasts twice a week. Yep, and you can also catch them early too, so uh, you get the early, early, early access to all that. It's soon, pretty much for for the Patreon for you, you on Patreon, 
As soon as I finish editing the show, it goes right up on Patreon, and then it gets released the next morning. So, so the, for those eleven thirty p.m. podcast <laughs> listeners, I try to be. I try spot. to get a little early, but uh, but on on the on the player interviews, you do get them a day about a day early. Yep. Uh, so it's definitely worth it to 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 donate if you want the content before everybody else. Um, it's a way to say thank you for donating the show. Um, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com, uh, RFG Refugees. Everything goes up there too. And uh, we will catch you guys, uh, I guess, on Thursday with our interviews with Ashley Hatch and Ryan Martin. And we'll catch you next on our live show on Monday. Vamos. Vamos.